And now look at local and statewide news. The Kodiak Island Borough Assembly is holding a public hearing tonight on disposing two pieces of land foreclosed because the owners did not pay property taxes. The parcels were acquired through foreclosure during tax year 2007 and are located on Amec Island and in Larson Bay. According to information in the meeting packet online, the ordinance establishes that that the borough finds that these parcels are not needed for public purposes and therefore they can be declared as surplus. That means it's possible that these two pieces of land could be made available for sale to the public at some point in the future. Also on tonight's agendas are two contracts. One is a change order for the borough building boiler room renovation, and the other seeks design for the replacement of the Saloni Creek culverts. This work is for culverts on the road to the Saloni Creek Rifle Range, where one culvert was recently replaced by the Kodiak Island Sportsmen's Association. However, it doesn't meet requirements for salmon passage. That culvert will be the first to be fixed, according to packet material. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game has set a deadline of September 30th for that culvert to be replaced. The other five are tentatively scheduled for next summer. The company being considered for the $51,000 design project is based in Oregon and specializes in restoring wetlands, lakes, and rivers, and focuses on fish passages such as what is needed for these culverts. Tonight's assembly meeting begins at 6.30 p.m. in assembly chambers and will be broadcast live on KMXT. As a reminder, anyone can comment on an issue they want to bring up with the assembly during citizens' comment periods. A person has three minutes during which to speak. These occur near the beginning of the meeting and near the end. It's more than two months away, but one thing has already been confirmed for this year's Crab Fest. Despite some uncertainty with scheduling and ferry service, there will be rides. Chamber did officially receive verbal confirmation that Golden Wheel Amusements, who's the supplier of all the rides at Crab Festival, is going to be attending again this year. So that's really exciting. We will have rides at Crab Festival as long as the ferry makes it. That's Sarah Phillips, Executive Director of the Kodiak Chamber of Commerce. Golden Wheel Amusements is based in Chugiak, which means they'll have to load up the Star, the Hang Glider, and all the other attractions onto the ferry to head down for the festival in May. Phillips says Golden Wheel will have to leave Crab Fest one day early, but she's working with them to extend their hours while in operation. The chamber is still in the early stages of Crab Fest planning. In the next week, applications for vendors are going out and pre-sale tickets will go on sale. This year's Crab Fest is May 21st through the 25th. The state officials leading preparations for the arrival of the novel coronavirus in Alaska told lawmakers yesterday in Juneau to keep calm and stay informed about developments related to the virus. Alaska Chief Medical Officer Dr. Ann Zink says it's important to take simple steps like washing your hands and staying home if you're sick. This will reduce the risk of other diseases too, like the flu. And that will help the healthcare system handle COVID-19, the disease caused by the coronavirus, when it arrives in the state as anticipated. So when I'm thinking about the healthcare system as a whole, I don't want to fight a battle on two or three fronts. Zink walked through basic facts that are known about the virus. It appears to be 10 to 20 times more fatal than the typical flu. Children are not showing symptoms of the disease, but seniors seem particularly susceptible. Symptoms start two to five days after people contract the virus, peak between five and seven days, and linger for up to 14 days. Zink says people with flu-like symptoms should first seek help from a healthcare provider. That could mean a visit to a doctor, but it could also mean using a phone service like Teladoc. She cautioned against people going to a hospital emergency department. She says a fever might require a call to a doctor, but it can be difficult to know whether to take a cough seriously. 
it is hard. Is that a little dry air? Is that a little allergy? I got a little cough. Was, I think everyone's watching each other's coughs and sneezes a little more intensely right now. Huh? We're all kind of like, <laughs> I'm not picking on anyone here. <laughs> the state has tested four people for COVID-19, none tested positive. Testing for two others is in progress. The state can currently test up to 100 people. Zink expects the federal government to provide more test kits, but the state hasn't been given a time frame for receiving them. People will first be tested for the flu and other viruses before being checked for COVID-19. This is a phased and layered approach, and using the test for the right people is going to make sure that the most people are protected. We're not trying to limit the number of tests. We're trying to get them out as quickly as possible. Zink says the state is preparing for the virus, anticipating how it would impact both urban and rural communities. For port communities, that means trying to connect officials with cruise lines medical professionals. And she says the state has transportation plans for rural communities, for individuals, and for larger groups of patients. In stores across Anchorage, certain items are flying off of shelves. Coronavirus fears are spurring what critics call panic buying at many of the town's largest grocers, retailers, and big box stores. As businesses grapple with staying stocked on essentials, Alaska Public Media's Zachariah Hughes reports, emergency managers are asking residents to be prepared but not panicked. Although she lives in Wasilla, Ann Williams is on a citywide tour of Anchorage stores looking for one very specific thing hand sanitizer. We've been to all of them, including the restaurant supplies. We were at Costco yesterday. They're completely cleaned out. Uh, people are um, panic buying everything, water, paper towel, everything. At a Midtown pharmacy, she came up empty one more time. Williams even considered ordering sanitizer online, but says she was shocked by the price gouging she saw. We looked on Amazon Prime. We were going to order some, and they had three, like three eight-ounce bottles, anywhere between $44 and $99 for three packs. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Williams is concerned mostly about her 85-year-old mother. She says she's been to stores all over town trying to get supplies in case the family starts getting sick or the supply chain is disrupted. There's a similar story at a nearby Fred Meyer. A sign posted near the self-checkout stations explained that due to the high demand, the store is limiting the sale of sanitation, cold and flu products to five each per customer. A weary clerk has the unenviable job of spotting excess quantities of Dayquil or bleach wipes and asking people to put them back. Shirley Saucerman is a healthcare professional who looks after some elderly patients and came looking for some of the same items that are in short supply around town. No hand sanitizer here and thermometers are sold out. In the parking lot, shoppers push carts piled high with toilet paper, rice, and cases of water. Just a few blocks away, at Walmart, hand sanitizer and face masks were completely gone. Shelves in the cold medicine section were picked through, and sanitizing wipes were nearly all gone as well. So, is this a clear indication of a looming, catastrophic shortage of essential supplies? Nope. For us right now, we're, we're in good shape. Bob Ripley manages one of Anchorage's most venerable institutions, the Diamond Boulevard Costco. The store has imposed limits on some products, capping how many an individual can buy at a time. But Ripley says in most cases, this is supply management, not supply shortage. We're trying to take care of as many people as we can and not just the people that, that are out ahead of it and, and over-purchasing. So. That's that's what I'm seeing more than anything else is people just grossly overpurchasing. There is a definite rush, Ripley says, but it's been within the range of what the store regularly handles. For instance, he says they haven't yet hit holiday shopping levels. It, it, it was 
I wouldn't say pre-Christmas levels, but it was it was definitely increased. The last three days of you know uh, today included, we've we've seen a definite uptick in uh, in foot traffic. Andy says, in spite of putting limits on items like bulk rice and bottled water, some things are just flat out gone. Specifically for coronavirus, is the cleaning supplies and surface wipes. We, I mean, we're, we're out of surface wipes. Public officials are also not worried overall about supply lines. Audrey Gray is an emergency programs manager for the municipality and says at this point, the city is not coordinating with local retailers on supplies. And that's largely, she says, because the problem is with individuals overstocking. I, I hate to use the word hoarding. So uh, if you want to get a couple extra hand sanitizers, I think that's great. Um, understand that you're part of a collective though. And uh, maybe you buy a co- two extra, but maybe not 10 extra. Great says in general, having a two-week supply of most household goods is a solid plan. With a lot of help from Julia O'Malley in Anchorage, I'm Zachariah Hughes. Leaders of the Alaska House majority have introduced a bill that would set permanent fund dividends at roughly $900. That's a little more than half of what dividends have been the last two years and significantly less than the roughly $3,000 the governor wants under the formula set in state law. House Bill 306 would change the formula for paying PFDs. Dividends would be one-fifth of the state's annual draw from permanent fund dividends, excuse me, permanent fund earnings. The rest of the draw would pay for government services. Anchorage Republican Representative Chuck Kopp is the chair of the House Rules Committee, which introduced the bill. This bill introduces stability. It shows a clear picture of what we need to do going forward and gives a sustainable dividend uh, for future Alaskans. Cop says the bill would close roughly 90% of the $1.5 billion gap between what the state spends and what it raises in oil royalties, taxes, and fees. Cop says the House majority supports the philosophy behind the bill, but the details will have to be worked out in the House Finance Committee. Defenders of the dividend note that it's a significant share of lower-income Alaskans' income. Cop says the proposed formula would provide stability to both the state's economy and to dividends. We are the only state that gives away money to every man, woman, and child. I don't think it was ever meant to mean a be a public assistance program. Um, Certainly, we have many Alaskans who are dependent on it, and I'm very sensitive to that. Wasilla Republican Representative Kathy Tilton is a leading minority caucus Republican on the Finance Committee. She expressed skepticism toward the concept. My initial reaction is that uh, this uh, bill weighs heavily towards government spending and not so much toward the people. So um, it is not a bill that I can support at this particular time. I do look forward to conversation and um, that maybe we'll be able to um, come closer together. Tilton wants the bill to require a vote by the public on the formula change. And she wants a constitutional amendment to limit state spending. The Finance Committee is scheduled to discuss the bill next week. Support for KMXT's Midday Report is provided by Ardinger's Fine Furnishings, featuring children's clothing from the tea collection, home spa items from Crabtree and Evelyn, and leather handbags by Dooney and Burke. Special orders of the tea collection clothing in your child's size always welcome at Ardinger's. 486-5554. While Dutch Harbor has been named the nation's top fishing port in terms of volume for the 22nd consecutive year, the port dropped from second to third place in terms of value. 
That's according to an annual report from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration released in February on the status of U.S. fisheries in 2018. Julie Spiegel is with NOAA Fisheries. She says Dutch Harbor slipped to the third spot not because of a decline in the value of fish landings, but an increase in the value of landings in Naknek, Alaska. And the key is primarily the different species composition at the ports. For instance, landings at Naknek are primarily sockeye salmon, and at Dutch Harbor, it's primarily pollock and some crab. In fact, Spiegel says Dutch Harbor's value for fish landings went up by $9 million between 2017 and 2018, but it went up by $41 million in Naknek. She says Dutch Harbor and New Bedford, Massachusetts continue to dominate the list of top ports. And the fact that Dutch Harbor has held that rank for 22 consecutive years is a testament to the health and stability of the fishing industry in Dutch Harbor. Spiegel says the report compiles key fishery statistics from the previous year into an annual snapshot that's provided to Congress, documenting fishing's importance to the nation. U.S. fishermen landed 9.4 billion pounds of seafood, valued at $5.6 billion in 2018. Fifty-eight percent of that was caught in Alaska. This is Alaska Fish Radio. I'm Lainey Welch. Keys to the Gulf Cod Crash. More after this. The Alaska Marine Safety Education Association is offering marine safety instructor training in Seward, April 20th to 25th. Learn more at amc.org. Integrated Marine Systems is the leader in marine refrigeration in Alaska. Visit imspacific.com. Warmer temperatures on the ocean bottom were key in causing the cod crash in the Gulf of Alaska. That's the conclusion of a NOAA fisheries study that connected low numbers of cod of all ages to loss of spawning grounds in the 2013 to 2016 heat wave called the Blob, the largest warm water event ever recorded in the North Pacific. Pacific cod are unique among all cod species because they only spawn once in a season and have eggs that adhere to the ocean floor. But the eggs have a very narrow temperature range for hatch success. And during the heat wave, Gulf of Alaska waters reached nearly 61 degrees, compared to a norm closer to 50 degrees. Right after that, they saw no first-year cod. Lead researcher Ben Laurel collected tiny cod from nearshore waters around Kodiak in 2018 to bring back to the Alaska Fisheries Science Center in Newport, Oregon. They've followed the fish since to see how they're recovering from blob effects. Laurel said in a previous interview that things might be taking a turn for the better. 2017, the ocean temperatures started to get back to normal, and we did see a sign of some fish, which was good because we hadn't seen fish earlier than that. The research is providing a window into how Alaska cod will fare in a changing climate. So it's sort of a dress rehearsal, I think, for things to come. And it's encouraging that we had a responsive action to this really drastic reduction in the population. I'm encouraged by that, but I'm also tentatively nervous about what's in line for the future. So I think everybody should be braced for that uncertainty. Find links at alaskafishradio.com. Fish Radio is also brought to you by Ocean Beauty Seafoods. In Kodiak, I'm Lainey Welch.
This is the Island Messenger, a look at personal messages, the weather, and community announcements. Welcome to this noon edition of the Island Messenger. In Kodiak today, it's 28 degrees, fair and breezy. Today's going to be sunny with a high near 22. Northwest winds 20 to 25 miles per hour. Tonight should be mostly clear, lows around 15. Northwest winds 15 to 20 miles per hour, increasing, excuse me, decreasing to 5 to 10 miles per hour after midnight. And Friday, a 20% chance of snow after 3 p.m. Mostly cloudy, highs near 28 and calm winds becoming south around 5 miles per hour. 17 degrees and fair in Homer today, and 17 degrees as well in Anchorage. Today, plentiful sunshine, highs around 20 degrees, and winds north at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Today is Thursday, March 5th. Sunrise this morning was at 7.50 a.m. Sunset tonight will be at 6.51 p.m. That's 11 hours and 1 minute of daylight, which is about 5 minutes more than we got yesterday. The record high on this day was 48 degrees in 1944. The record low was negative 6 in 1971. Looking at our tides for today, high tide for Kodiak, uh, well, it came in this morning, but okay, low tide, <laughs> the next low tide will be at 5.07 p.m., 0.43 feet. High tide after that will be at 11.53 p.m., 6.14 feet. Over on the west side, low tide will be at 5.33 p.m., 1.66 feet. High tide will be at 12.15 a.m., 14.77 feet. All right, looking at our community announcements for today. Uh, today is Thursday, so at 3.30 p.m. at the Public Library, it's after-school science. You can stop by the craft room to participate in fun and surprising science. Children under 10 must be accompanied by an adult. Um, also, on Friday at 10.30 a.m., it's Spanish story time. Children ages 5 to 8 are welcome to enjoy Spanish songs, stories, crafts, and games. You can stop by the library on Saturday, March 7th at 1 p.m. and learn the art of making paper. Today, uh, the borough assembly is having a regular meeting in assembly chambers. On Monday at 7 p.m., the service area number one board is meeting in the borough conference room. On Tuesday, March 10th, 12 p.m., the board of equalization is having a meeting in the borough conference room. And at 6 p.m., the fire protection area number one board is meeting at Bayside Fire Hall. Next Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., the planning and zoning commission is having a work session in borough assembly chambers. The Kodiak Harvest Food Co-op is having its annual meeting. Um, oh, actually, this is an expired notice. This was for yesterday, so sorry about that. Kodiak's deer population still needs your help. With all this deep snow, more and more deer are moving to lower elevations and conserving their energy. They are using some of the same trails that you and your dog may use to hike, so it's important to make sure that you keep your dog on a leash or under direct control this winter. Doing so during this critical time of year means a healthy deer population that everyone can enjoy in the future. Providence Kodiak Medical Center is offering free birthing classes for expectant mothers at or before 20 weeks of pregnancy for you and your labor support team. A series of classes covers everything you need to know about labor, delivery, and caring for your newborn. The full cycle of classes runs for eight weeks and are held every Wednesday evening. You can find the schedule on the Alaska Providence website, Wednesdays, 5.30 to 7 p.m. at the Kodiak Island Medical Center Pyramid Room. You can stop by admitting and ask for directions. A public service announcement from the Alutic Museum. Photographs are among the most popular documentation of Kodiak history. People love to see family members in familiar places, and yet photographs are also some of the most vulnerable records of our community's history. 
Paper images fade and disintegrate, they're susceptible to mold, water damage, and fire, and as time passes, people forget the activities and individuals pictured, and photos are discarded. The Alutic Museum is leading a one-year project to preserve paper photographs of the Alutic world. Bring your pictures of Alutic people and places to the museum, and they'll make digital copies for you. If you agree, the museum will add copies of the images to its archives. Preserve your photographs and help future generations see the past. For more information or to set up a scanning appointment, please contact Collections Manager Amanda Lancaster at 844-425-8844, extension 22. This is a free service. Anyone with photographs of Alutic people or communities is welcome to participate. This project is supported by the Shunak Tribe of Kodiak and the United States Bureau of Indian Affairs. Kodiak Duplicate Bridge Club meets every Wednesday night at the Senior Center from 7 to 10.30 p.m. Play is open to anyone who's familiar with the game of bridge. Partners can be arranged for players who do not have one. The contact phone number is 654-4246. Kodiak Island Big Year Challenge is a chance for Kodiak birders of all skill levels to celebrate a year of birding. Participants must find as many species as possible here in Kodiak Island's eBird region during 2020. To help everyone with this bird challenge, Kodiak Audubon is offering bird walks and workshops throughout the year, plus monthly prizes. The contest began on January 1st and continues through December 31st. All participants must submit their bird lists to eBird no later than January 6th, 2021 to be eligible. And as always, well, as long as it stays below freezing, the City of Kodiak Public Works Department wants to remind the public to, with the ongoing cold spell to keep water running from your faucets to prevent pipes from freezing. The ground is freezing to a lower depth this year than the past several winters, and some residents have experienced water service lines that are buried at shallow depths freezing. While the weather may fluctuate and get warm, they're still asking that the public continue to keep the water running from a faucet even after the weather starts to warm up. The ground will stay frozen for an extended period of time, so pipes will continue to freeze. For more information, visit the city's online winter information guide at the City of Kodiak website. And if you have any questions, you can call Public Works at 486-8060. Finally, coming up this week on the Alaska Fisheries Report, Alaska's first and most lucrative herring fishery at Sitka Sound is not likely to open for the second year in a row, and for only the second time in the fishery's nearly 45-year history. Small fish and a weak market are to blame. Meanwhile, farther north, the Norton Sound winter crab fishery opened last weekend, but nobody showed up to fish. And finally, a shakeup in the seafood processing industry is raising questions about King Cove. All that coming up on this week's edition of the Alaska Fisheries Report. Alaska Fisheries Report is produced here at KMXT. You can listen to it on Thursdays at 9.17 a.m., on Fridays at 5.20 during the evening news, and on Saturdays at 12.15 during the midday report. And that's all I have for you for today. Listen for the Island Messenger here on Public Radio KMXT three times a day, Monday through Friday at 9 a.m., during the Midday Report at 12.20, and in the evening at 7 o'clock. If you have a community announcement or personal message, including lost and found items or pets, you can call KMXT at 486-3181, fax us at 486-2733, or email psa at kmxt.org.